Today's scripture is from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that time who lived a simple life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And she stood behind him at his feet with him. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Then the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this. He said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, and the other reached. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the ass of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon I suppose the one who had a bigger task forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my hand, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins has, have, have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of God. Hi everybody, it's me, Simon. Yes, Simon, the one in the story. Why am I here? Well, 
You've heard Pastor Karen preach on this story three times already. And I know that because I saw her looking it up on her computer files. She's afraid she's been here so long she's beginning to repeat herself. So I made her a deal. I told her, you take the week off and let me tell my own story. You see, in all of her sermons on this text, I always come out as the bad guy. The judgmental Pharisee, the bad host, the cynical skeptic, the one who just doesn't get it, the one who does not see who Jesus is. And it's not just Pastor Karen, really. Listen to anyone's sermons on this story. No one ever says, wow, that Simon, what a great guy. Go thou and do likewise. That never happens. Now, the preachers aren't entirely wrong. I was skeptical about Jesus of Nazareth. We all were. We'd seen traveling healers before. We'd seen charismatic rabbis from the villages get really popular for a season or two and then disappear from the scene, never to be heard from again. And can we talk? Everybody has a cousin who thinks he's a prophet. So yes, I was skeptical. But I was also curious. There did seem to be something different about Jesus. He spoke with authority. His words were full of wisdom. His gifts for healing were obviously strong. And he didn't seem to be trying to hurry favor with any particular group, or he didn't seem to be trying to cozy up to any particular power broker. He was intense, and he was gentle. He was direct, and he didn't seem to be afraid of anyone. So what do you do when you're both skeptical and curious? Well, you want to get a closer look. You want to check things out in person. So I invited Jesus to dinner, and he came, just like it says in the story. Just like it says in the story, on the appointed evening, Jesus came to my house and took his place at the table. And just as it says in the story, she came too. She came right into the house and began pouring oil on Jesus' feet, washing them with her tears, wiping them with her hair. But this is where pe preachers do start to get things wrong, or they don't ask the right questions. I wonder, did any of them ever stop to wonder how she knew Jesus was going to be at my house that night? Did any of them stop and wonder why she didn't hesitate to walk right in? Do you ever stop to wonder? Well, I'll tell you. She was known to me and to my household. Her son begged at the city gate, and I often dropped a few coins into his hands. If I needed an odd job done or a message sent out to one of the villages, sometimes I hired him to do the job. My wife would send him home with a loaf of bread or a few eggs so he and his mother could eat. And once when the boy was ill, that woman appeared at our back door asking our servant girl if we had any of the herbs 
one uses to make an infusion to bring down fever. She knew Jesus was eating in our house because we had a connection, a tenuous connection, but a connection. I knew who she was because we'd helped her out from time to time, even though we knew she was a sinner and unclean. Now you tell me that there's not someone like that in your life. A homeless person that you see every day when you have coffee in the village, or a friend or relative that you help out from time to time even though you know they make bad choices. Tell me there's not someone in your life who might interrupt your latte or show up at your house at an awkward moment. And when she showed up at my house and when she started doing what she did, weeping, pouring, wiping, kissing, I did think to myself exactly what the story says that I thought. I thought if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. But again, this is where preachers get things wrong. Some of the preachers say that at this point I was triumphant. Aha, gotcha, I knew you weren't a prophet. Others are a little bit more generous. They will claim that I was disappointed. Oh, I thought maybe this Jesus was the real deal, but I guess he's not. You wanna know the real truth though? I wasn't triumphant or disappointed. I was relieved. It looked like Jesus was not a prophet after all with a direct line to God. He couldn't see the truth about who this woman was. He couldn't see who she really was. He couldn't see her heart. He couldn't see her sins. And that meant I was safe. If he couldn't see her sins, he couldn't see mine. If he couldn't see who she really was, he couldn't see who I really was. Prophets, as you know, point toward the truth. And there was something that I had always feared was true. I had always feared that if God knew who I truly am, if God really could see into my heart, then God would want nothing to do with me. I suppose maybe that's why I became a Pharisee. You know those Pharisees, with all their emphasis on following the law so scrupulously, with all our emphasis on seeking to be holy in every aspect, every little corner of our life. I think that helped me battle that fear that deep down I was a disappointment to God. And so for a brief moment, as I watched that woman washing Jesus' feet, I was relieved. Perhaps one day, one distant day, God might judge me, but it wouldn't happen here. Not now. Not this night. But then Jesus said, Simon, I have something to tell you. And you heard the rest. Jesus knew exactly who that woman was, and he knew exactly who I was too. Selfish, status conscious, a stingy host. Preachers love to talk about that last part. But here's the thing. Jesus saw me clearly, but he also wanted me to see. When Jesus said to me, Simon, do you see this woman? What Jesus wanted me to see was the astounding 
breadth and depth of the love of God. Jesus wanted me to see that this thing that I had feared was true was really not true. Jesus wanted me to see that, yes, God does know who I really am, but far from not wanting anything else to do with me, God, the God who sees who I really am, wants everything to do with me. That God longs to embrace me with love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and show me a new way to live. And now look me in the eye and tell me you've never lived with that kind of fear or doubt. Tell me you've never thought to yourself, if Jesus really knew who I am, if Jesus could really see into my heart, he wouldn't really like me. He wouldn't want anything to do with me. But just as he did with me, Jesus wants you to see this woman in the story because Jesus wants you to see that what you fear is not true. Jesus does know exactly who you are, just as he did with that woman and with me. And Jesus wants everything to do with you. Jesus wants you to know that who you really are is exactly who God loves. Who you really are is exactly who God is offering grace and mercy and love and forgiveness and peace. And what happened then? Well, you may have noticed that the Gospels, and actually particularly Luke's Gospel, are just full of choose-your-own-adventure stories. Luke particularly seems to love to write stories like mine where people have an intense, soul-shaking encounter with Jesus where Jesus clearly lays out a choice that this person has to make, and then they never tell you what choice the person makes. Story over. What happened next? We don't know. And I think this is because really those stories about aren't about the choices that the people in the story make. The choices are about the stories are about the choices that we are asked to make. You are asked to make. We read these stories now 2000 years later not to discover what choice the person in the story made, but because right here, right now, today we all also have to make choices. Choices to believe that the love of God is real and that God loves us for who we really are or to walk away. The choice that matters at the end of this story is not mine, but yours. And I hope that you will choose to see. To see that God knows exactly who you are and loves you beyond measure. To see that God knows exactly who you are and embraces you with grace and with hope. So, listen. Don't let your preacher convince you that I am the bad guy in this story. Because that makes it way too easy to just dismiss me. Kind of like a cartoon character. And you don't want to dismiss me, believe me, because I am you. I'm that cynical, sort of selfish, not as hospitable as I ought to be person, doubting whether God could really love me if God knew who I really am. And Jesus wants you to see how completely you are loved by God, just as you are. 
and how completely God wants to change your life with God's love and forgiveness. Jesus wants you to see how completely you are loved by God as you really are and how completely God can change your life with love and grace and peace and mercy. Amen.